Craft Beer Radio, episode 345 on August 16th, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where beers are in front of us and we are going to drink them. I'm Greg Weiss. No pun about tears or fears or anything like that? It's not tears or fears, it's simple minds. Simple minds. That's why it wouldn't be a pun for tears or fears. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Oh boy, I was actually going to do a very meta-like opening, like, uh, greeting... Host name. I don't know. I had it all planned out. Oh, because of the comment I made on Twitter, huh? Yeah. Didn't do Greg's explains his tweets in the pre-show. No, we didn't. Maybe we can do the post-show. There's not. I didn't do that many tweets anyway. So we start with Unchained from Summit. This is one of their Unchained series from Summit. This was sent to us by the brewery. Thank you, Summit. This is Make It So, which is an ESB brewed with uh, Earl Grey tea. So Make It So, Captain Picard. On Star Trek, you'd always say mm-hmm. T. O. Grey Hot. Make it so. This is another one of his things. Nerds. Okay, Mr. Geocache. <laughs> All right. So it came in a can. Pours a copper color with a little bit of reddish in it. Very clear. Malts. Pale Northwest Pale Malt. Pacific Northwest Pale Malt. Maris Otter, which pretty much necessary for a good ESB, and Caramunic, Hops, Target, Fuggle, Aurora, Challenger, Admiral. That's an interesting group. Kettle Editions, Earl Grey Tea, and A Sense of Adventure. <laughs> don't know how you... I don't think they're allowed to say that. that. Well, this is just on their website. Oh, okay. they, yeah, I don't think it's put in there. Uh, 40 IBUs, 5 or 3% alcohol by volume. They use uh, Thames Valley yeast. It smells like tea. The bergamot aroma comes off of it quite strongly. Pours with a nice head. It's uh, down to a thin covering, but it, it had a nice, uh, nice shaving cream type head at the beginning. You don't see this very often. On Summit's, um, Summit is from St. Uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, they um, put the name of their brewer on their can. The, um, I think it's Cause of the Unchained series. Mm. I think they, they have several brewers. And I remember watching the video for the Hop Silo one. And, you know, it was a YouTube video talking to, I forget who it was at the time, but the brewer talking about his beer. So they probably have their different brewers making the different Unchains. I see. So Nick Hemfer and his signatures on the can as well. Not not individually, but printed on the can. Yeah, I mean, the aroma just is... Mo- well, actually, that aroma, the bergamot's starting to fade. Yeah. Fade, and I'm smelling some maltiness. Uh, let me think another smell, see if I can figure out where the, what part... interesting yeah i don't know i swirled it it brought the bergamot back so it kind of hid the maltiness again but i i think i kind of smelled some of that like caramunic you know it smelled a little like vienna lagerish the the malt type you know kind of like a bread crust like a white bread crust that's what i was smelling when i could smell the malt yeah the tea is so is bergamot the is oil orange. from the oranges yeah. right Yeah, so it does have a citrusy type aroma in there, you know, which is from the mostly the bergamot, but maybe some of those hops. The hops are all English style hops, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Admiral doesn't really ring a bell, but all the other ones they mentioned um, are pretty traditional ESB type hops. Yeah, Target, Fuggle, Aurora, Challenger. Hmm. It's an interesting platform for giving the tea. Mm-hmm. Um, a at, at least a, a co-starring role. I love a good ESB. I think there is a good one here, mm-hmm. but having the the tea on top of it does change the it does. what you're getting from it. Yeah, you don't really. 
especially with it being Earl Grey tea, yeah. it makes it harder to really dive into the Maris Otter type flavors, the ESB malt type flavors mm-hmm. that you're used to. The hops also are pretty strong in this, stronger than, you know, even though it's called an extra special bitter, they're not generally particularly hoppy or bitter. Right. You know, if you have a good Fooler's or something like that, you know, it's pretty malty with, you know, yeah. nice balancing bitterness to it. I think the name came from they were more bitter than beers at the time were, but it, sure. it's not in any way similar to what we get today. This one does have a finish that's pretty hoppy. It actually tastes kind of like a fresh hop hoppy. You know, a little grainy and gritty in the back of your throat. That could be some of how the tea plays with it. But yeah, my impression was, you know, it tastes almost a bit harvesty with some green hops in there. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the bitterness does play an interesting question in... Um, I tweeted about this. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, it's little... Somebody is making a packet, Hop Theory. It's a packet that goes into macro beer... <laughs> and it's supposed to make it hoppy, uh, among other things. It doesn't have just hops in it. Uh, it's filled with hop spices, a bit of orange peel. Uh, that when dunked into that pint of Coors Light you ordered could brighten your spirits. Um, so I'm normally really skeptical of similar devices, mm-hmm. things that make your bourbon better. You know, like you can get these oak spirals that you can put in your bourbon. And it's supposed to make your bourbon better. Or, you know, the thing you can filter cheap vodka with to make it taste like top-tier, top-shelf vodka. If it was that easy to improve the booze, the companies making the booze would do it. Well, that's my opinion. I I think, like, with the filter vodka thing, that's an excellent example. I think it does work to a point, but not... Not where it really be... Not where you can get a a cheap Smirnoff and make it into a, a Kettle One. It's just... It... It's slightly you can get a slightly better version of Smirnoff with it. Um, Not Smirnoff, Kamachal Cub. Whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah. The um, but you know this, you know where it's a little tea bag spice packet that you can put into a macro beer. That's not that that's turning your beer into a cocktail type thing, right? You know where you're adding something to it. So I'm less skeptical about something like that. Um, a, a big problem I see here. It, and I brought it up at this beer, especially because we're talking about bittering. A big problem is, I don't care how many hops you put in there, you can get some of the flavors of hops, but you can't get the bittering because the bittering requires isomerization. Mm-hmm. Right. So you need to have, go through that boil. You need to do this uh, this molecular twist of the uh, of a lumulin, of a, of a lumulus. Boop. Lupulin. Lupulin. Uh, and it needs to go through that in order to become soluble in water. Otherwise, the bitterness doesn't come through. So you're not going to get a bitter, but you may get some flavors right. of hops, but you're not going to get a bitterness. Yeah. I don't know. I just What's the market for you know, a person who's going to carry around a yeah. pack of beer-improving packets? Well, my question and, is... You know, be encountering Coors Light regularly. Could you do something similar with sort of a dropper full of hop oil? That's already been isomerized. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about having a tea pack in your beer. You should kickstart that. (laughs) This was, I believe, a kickstarter. So you could carry around hop oil and just drip, drip, drip it into your beer. Right. But again, that that takes a lot of foresight and effort to carry around your either your spice bags or your hop oil. Mm -hmm. And for as often as I would be stuck with Coors Light to, in the, that I'd want to dose, it's not going to, I'm not going to, it's not going to have me, I'm not going to carry it around that much. Well, the, the the point that you can make is that, heck, you can get a pitcher of Coors Light for two or three bucks versus, <laughs> you know, five craft beers is going to cost you 20, 30. <laughs> if you're just looking to get, you know, a decent flavor out of something for the night, it may not be a terrible idea. <laughs> Okay, I I can't argue that one too too hardly. Um, if you're if you're that price sensitive, sure. Uh, people are. I know. I know. Not, not a lot of people get 
great brewers sending them stuff <laughs> like we do. So yeah, I hear you, but you know, most people drinking what we're drinking, you know, most people listening, I would tend to think aren't extremely price sensitive. Yeah. Well, th- the other point though is that I mean, a part of what we enjoy out of this is getting the brewers' in- intention, or at least some some aspect of that. Oh, and you're yeah. not doing that when you're just putting a packet into some macro beer. You're getting the intention of the person who makes the packets, so not gonna, even because, it, because it, 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 it doesn't seem like it, it matters what packet it, you know what beer it goes into, even though there are differences between like a Coors Light and a Budweiser or a okay a Bush or something like that. All right, okay. Well, so what do you think about the summit? Uh, it was good. It's gone. It, uh, I would have liked to have tasted a little more of the ESB in there. Mm. You know, it was very tea forward, very bergamot forward. It was, it was a good drink. It just, I, I, I felt like I couldn't appreciate an ESB. It was, in yeah, I, I think that that's an, an issue, yeah, that I agree with because there aren't too many ESBs in the market, particularly good ones, and it felt like there was a good one there. Yeah. And you're like, I really just want to get some ESB out of this. Yeah. Oh, well. But I enjoyed the flavors. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good drinker. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the flavors. All right, what's next? We're going to do the Grunion from Ballast Point. This was sent to us by John at the Beerists. This is Pale Ale, 5.5% alcohol by volume. The Beerists podcast. Uh, I don't know what the URL is. Search for them. I'm sure you could Google it. American Mosaic and Calypso. And uh, oh, this is also Asmaris Otter and Carapil's Malt. 35 IBUs. I, um, you know, it's Grunion Pale Ale. You know, they have Sculpin and Habanero mm-hmm. Sculpin and uh, Grapefruit and, Sculpin and, and uh, all kinds of other hoppy beers. But when I tweeted the stuff that the beers had sent, they sent a bunch of really cool Goose Island, um, Bourbon Counties, and whatnot. I got two tweets back talking about this beer, which seemed kind of like the ordinary one in the bunch, you know, just from the label. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Gary and I forget who else were like, oh, Grunion, that's a good one. So let's see. Okay, so they seem to name, they definitely like naming their beers after fish. Yes. (laughs) They're a San Diego, you know, on the ocean brewery. And yeah, other than Victory at Sea... I believe all their other, at least regularly available beers are all mm. fish names. It's hoppy. It's certainly hoppy on the nose. Color is uh, orangish gold, slightly cloudy, but mostly clear. Even kale is not a fish name. Okay. Neither is pale ale or fathom. But there are a lot of fish names mm-hmm. in here still. Right. Very hoppy, and the hops are kind of, they, they smell like... Tongue uh, buckler should be a fish name. <laughs> <laughs> tangerine. Yeah, tangerine. It's not quite tropical. It's still citrusy. A slight sulfury note. And it smells like juicy hops. I haven't tasted it yet, but it just smells so saturated. That's hoppy and juicy. Tastes like OJ a little bit. It's very citrusy in the flavor. You're getting a really big tangerine flavor. A little orange. It's very juicy, not mm-hmm. pithy at all, really. Orange, kind of a slightly underripe orange. It almost tastes like a, it tastes like there's fruit juice in here. It's so orangey. Mm-hmm. That's that is a special beer. Just I wasn't expecting something so juicy. It feels a little green to me. Okay. Like I said, it feels like the the orange is underripe. It, 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 there's something that feels a little okay. So I'm not really getting the notion of underripe orange. When you say green, I was thinking, you know, kind of a, a vegetal hoppiness from how much hops are in there. And I can kind of agree That's with that. That's not what I no. mean. Okay. Um. Trying to, to express it better, but it, it 
it feels like there's a little a little note of uh, green onion in the taste, a little sofri note there. Not that, that's crazy that they just call this a pale ale. Yeah. I wonder how many people pass it by on a daily basis, mm-hmm. not knowing what it really is. Well, I got to be honest with you, I'm not loving it. Oh, really? Hmm. I think it's it's really good drinker. Like I said, if you like those really juicy IPAs, it's, it's it's very juicy. It does have that, but the juice that's there is not a juice that I'm digging. Yeah, yeah it's working for me. I'm liking it a bit. Um, most of the way through my sample. Starting to feel a little bit scratchiness in the back of my throat, you know, kind of like that Harvest Ale type thing again. Not much, not as much as the uh, what we were getting out of the uh, Make It So. Oh God, I can place it now. Mm. Durian. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Huh. If I look for it, I can get a little tiny. You give me some more of that then. Yeah. Please take it. <laughs> Greg gave me like almost all of his sample because he picked up a new durian. That's just, it, it's one of those, you know, it's a trigger. All of a sudden I taste it like, oh, I can't stop. I can't stop it. Oh, sorry about that. And that's why I'm enjoying it so much and Greg is not. So if I'm looking for the durian, it's, uh, yeah, if I'm looking for it, it's a little bit there. It's not, it's, so it's not so much the. It's not like very oniony though. It's how do I want to describe it? I, I generally like durian flavor, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's hard for me to pick out. Parts I might not notice at a bar, but but when I'm doing this intense right, analysis, tuned in. yeah. I like your call though. I think it, I think there's some in there. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of beer here to drink, so we might as well do well, that. Hey, sometimes, you know, you want to go to Amazon.com, uh, but you shouldn't because you want to support us too. So what you do is you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, and then you'll be at the craftbeerradio.com Amazon page. Amazon site. No, no, you'll just be at the Amazon site with No, the... no, it's the secret Amazon site that's that's run by us that it works exactly like Amazon. And it costs exactly the same. It costs exactly the same. And it's not really run by us. It's run by Amazon. No, but, I was going for a little thing. Yeah, I don't want to take any extra <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> you know, we're going to get tech support calls if you say that. That's true. Okay. No, so, it's, just, it's just a way it, to it, get it, to Amazon. It, our URL, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, re- redirects you to Amazon with the referral tag kind of embedded in the URL. That's all it does. And since that's in there, you just shop, 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 add to your cart, check out. It doesn't cost you a penny more, and we get a percentage of the sales that we drive to Amazon. So that's how it works, and we appreciate it. We get good response from you guys. You guys are very um, generous generous, and, and you're good at remembering to use the referral link. Appreciate it. Keep doing that. Help support the show. Thank you. my rinse water and what's our next beer Dorian Pale Ale by <laughs> an all Dorian show <laughs> um these two are sour I probably the weird thing is like the Mobcraft Dorian I liked right or at least I didn't I didn't uh oh the the Don Dorio yeah um did you like it I I, I well I don't remember I, I don't think I I don't think I disliked it like that. I don't think it, it it hit me in that way. But okay, so so we got some lower alcohol sours, and then we got this triple. So we go with the triple. Okay. This is the Ghidorah Belgian triple from Champion Brewing Company. I this think is, this one you, came back from Saver, didn't it? I'm not sure. I think so. Uh, could not find anything on their website about it. So it's one of their rotations. So yeah, it probably did then come from Saver because probably something that uh, it'd be unlikely you could find it. Yeah, we got some. Uh, let's see. This is oh, bottle this number nice. two hundred fifty-eight, and uh, 
pale malt, Belgian style, uh, made primarily with pale malt, uh, Belgian or marketing speak, marketing speak. Oh, that's a pretty smelling beer. Okay, so the color of this, we haven't done color yet. These are craftbeer.com sheets. Uh, You're getting around 7 SRM on this. It's a golden color, very nice and clear in the clarity. Uh, About a half finger's worth of uh, relatively thin head. 8.5% ABV, 25 IBUs. All right. I'm going to use the craftbeer.com sheet and go, try to go for a little bit of color and appearance And stuff. Champion Brewing is in Charlottesville, Virginia. So I would call this clear with a... Uh, medium carbonation. Well, but actually kind of slow, sweet carbonation. The aroma for me, it's, it's pear, bubblegum. Banana. Banana. Really ripe pear is kind of the main note that I pulled off of it. Something Mm. a little bit like wildflower honey. Yeah. Nice, uh, sweet, uh, fruity notes. Things that... Something a little straw-like or chalky, like a chalky mineraliness coming off the aroma as well. This is a nice one. I like, you know, these beers are the fun ones, right? Yeah. Where you smell it and you got like 10 things you can talk about instead of, you know, pulling your fingernails out trying to guess too. There is some, uh, underneath a tiny bit of, I think, cloviness there. Probably coming, probably just a little bit of phenolic. Yeah. Marshmallows. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Mm. Oh, damn, that's good. Kind of... <laughs> All right, so let me take another sip here. Mm, wow, that's really kind of exactly what I wanted of a triple, right? Yeah, it's 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 a little sweet, but it doesn't apparently... It's not apparently sweet up front. It actually has kind of a tartness to it, which it's not sour or anything, but the way it's coming across for me, even on the second sip... Kind of get this lemony tartness. I don't know if I if I'd go that far. Yeah. Um, a sweet uh, kind of bread pudding like um, flavor to it. Very very uh, yeasty bread uh, with a lot of sweetness that are coming in sort of plumish, uh, a little bit of parish as well. Um, the alcohol is uh, mild to mid detectable. There is. Uh, very moderate bitterness coming from the hops and slight graininess to the malt, which I would expect out of the triple. Like you said, I think there's a little bit of uh, limestone character coming through there just a bit. Mm-hmm. Low astringency, drying body. A petalant carbonation, which is, is partly <laughs> partially sparkling. I think that fits. This is really good. Yeah, for me, it's it's more tangy. I'm trying to figure out what that is, but it's a lot more tangy than I was expecting for a triple. Hmm. Like, uh... I mean, there's... At the end, there's sort of... It, it's more... Like, so it's more drying to me, so it doesn't... I'm not getting a, a, a tang. I'm getting a little bit of effervescence, a little bit of uh, an extra flavorful bit with the alcohol on here, you know, at 8%, I would expect something like that, but... Alright, take a sip. Just to make sure we don't have bottle stratification going on. Same or different? Here's a little bit wetter at the end, I think. I think yours has a little more fuller body to mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so it got a little bit of stratification. Mine's a little thinner. Yeah. And 
Did you get, like, was the tanginess more apparent in yours? Because I get it in yours, but not nearly as apparently as it was in mine. I, I get it from yours because it doesn't dry nearly as much. Right. Uh, so for mine, yeah, the body was was thicker, and mm-hmm. it didn't, and so it didn't, so it dried off very quickly, and it didn't have that tanginess, but right. I am getting the tanginess in yours. Interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, I'm trying to figure out what it comes from, because it, it doesn't, it's not a soured beer, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that, it's not a fruited beer it's not affected highly i'm not sure what's really maybe right there's no bugs in here it's not no i mean is it esters is it esters normally don't go that direction could they could an ester make it kind of like a like not citrus but like you know like um can it go raspberry or something like that like the tang from a raspberry? I suppose. I mean, who knows what, what yeast yeah, is used in yeah. here and, and, and what chemicals they might give off at what times. It's pretty bright for me. You know, the sample I'm drinking from a thinner body than what Greg has. But, you know, it's kind of like there's a kind of a weak character, you know, kind of <clears throat> bright and straw-like. And then... Yeah, the booziness actually plays a nice role in here, too, because it really opens up the aroma and brings it up into your nasal cavity. Very pleasing triple. I like this one a lot. This is... It's not hot. It's right. not overly sweet. Mm-hmm. It it it's, has very soft edges, and it's pleasing, right? Where a lot of triples, they're either chalky and dry, or they're too cloyingly sweet, yes. or they're boozy hot, mm-hmm. you know? And this avoids all those perils. But they're also, it's also like dancing with them, you know, because like it's not a slouch of a triple. Right. right? So, yeah. I mean, so it, it's being pulled, but it, it's, it's pulling back just enough. Yeah. yeah. That was the champion. Ghidorah. It's an O, not a B. Oh, okay. All right. Now it's time to get our funk on. Aaron the funk, we should have done that. <laughs> Time to get that funk. All right, gusher. Well, that's to be expected, I think, from an American yeah. wild. This is from Nola. Was this uh, sent to us? Yes, I think yes. this came in the mail. If I'd not, be- it came from Saber. Uh, because I, there's nothing on their website, so it makes me think that it's a, it's really really new. I'm pretty sure this came in the mail. Uh, this is Lower Line, a uh, Sour Wild from NOLA Brewing, New Orleans Lager and Ale. I think they say 4% alcohol on there. I think there's going to be more information on the bottle than there is on this rate beer site. Very carbonated. You pour the thing, it like fills your glass with head. As you would expect from a gusher. Now it's blowing bubbles at the neck of the beer. <laughs> Alright, so this is batch number one. And... It's named for its low pH. It is our baseline sour beer fermented completely with lacto. lacto and the lack of brewer's yeast gives the beer an earthy... Oh, okay, we won't talk about that. That's it. Yeah, that's lacto. It's four percent ABV. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever had a fully lacto beer. Uh, I have. They're, they're pretty interesting. Can you describe what you've had before? Uh, <laughs> I'm still. I'm gonna have to put this gusher in the dump bucket. <laughs> it's still. Uh, it's still gushing. It's growing. Uh jeez, lacto. 100% lacto. I mean, there were like small little one-offs from places. I I know that I've had lacto mm-hmm. beers. I can't really, not confident enough to cite examples. All right. So you stick your nose in the glass. Don't stick it in too tight because you're just going <laughs> to smell. It's just going to, the CO2 is just going to burn yeah. your nose. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like... 
when you open a homebrew keg and stick your nose in there, like there's that much CO2 concentration in the glass, it just like burns your nasal cavity. It's a lot of, yeah. All right, so now that I'm smelling it, it smells very plasticky and very band-aid-y. Let me smell yours for a second, just so I can see. Hey, yours smells a little bit... Let's blend our glasses. Let's smell mine first, just so you can get a baseline of what I'm smelling. Okay, yours is not quite... Mine kind of kind of come kind of came across a bit fusily. Yeah, and yours wasn't so apparent. <laughs> sounds like the ocean. It sounds like cheers. They're cheering for us, and it's now it's dying down. <laughs> it, that mix, I think, helped a little bit. I'm, I'm definitely smelling the lacto off it, right? You're getting that kind of milky cream aroma. A little bit of yogurty note. I mean, but this is, yeah, I mean, okay, so, yeah, yogurty, okay. I wanted to make sure you weren't confusing, you know, lactose with lactobacillus. Right. I'm not, but... Right. It, Yeah, I think your creamy thing is kind of, you know, you get a little kind of, I mean, it's a little reminiscent of strawberries and cream. Yeah. Actually, some like underripe strawberry is kind of in there as well. I, I'm not one to be, uh, well, I'm not going to knock points off this if the aroma isn't great, and but the beer tastes good because... Yeah, there's, I mean, some sour beers smell like a horse's yeah, ass yeah. and taste really good. And I just took my sip and... Flavor is much better than the aroma. Mm. Well, there you go. Yeah, we we got tied up on the aroma a little too mm-hmm. long. We should just power through. Um. Mm. All right. So, what do we got here? The, very bright. It is bright. It it it's impeccably sour. Mm-hmm. My cheeks are all puckered. I'm salivating. It's, uh, how's it coming across? Kind of, hmm. like a Sour Patch Kid. It really is. Yeah, a little bit. Sour Patch. It has a lot of that, like, pure, like, citric acid sour. Slightly balanced by a little bit of the of, of a creamy note, maybe coming from There's, um, the lactobacillus. There's, a, like, a... Wild grape flavor. I'm thinking of the grapes that grew in my backyard. Okay, yeah. You know, and... We're very, very sour, like blackberries or something like that. Yeah. But I'm thinking, wow. Yeah, the sour is starting to dig into my tongue. But as I was growing up as a kid, we had grapes next door. in In a field next to our house. And those grapes were always pretty sour. Unless you got them when they were perfectly ripe. And, uh... I'm getting a lot of that kind of sour tart grape flavor in here. Think of, um... Maybe cranberries, like really sour cranberries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta stop smelling it. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired of smelling fusel band aid yeah. type things. Yeah, with these again with these wild ales, the aroma is can can be way off. Mm-hmm. The there is something a little bit yogurty going on in there. You would think so with like lacto. Mm-hmm. Um, It's not really like it's kind of reminiscent of yogurty, but it's not really like spot on Greek yogurt. Since it stopped uh, bubbling, can I see the bottle? Sure. Maybe to uh... <laughs> there's a little direct talks about lower line and plantations on that side. Yeah, a little bit of history type stuff about the name. This is the lower line from Nola. <laughs> So yeah, this, this is what they. This is basically their base blend mm-hmm. that they put into the sour beers. Sort it's sort of similar in a way to uh, KMF, in that that's their sort of base blend for sour. It would make more sense that we 
grab this one and save her than they sent it to us, being a base beer like that, but I have a recollection that they sent us some in the mail, too. Batch number one. One way or another, we got it from them. Yes. And uh, I'm digging the heck out of it. I think it's great. If you're if you're into sour beers, um, I think you're gonna like it a lot. Yeah, um, think you know, peckleby tart, lots of rich or not rich, but tart fruit flavors, grapes, raspberries, blackberries, underripe strawberries. Uh, you know, as I drank it, I got a little bit of kind of a phenolic thing in the flavor, but. It was small enough that it wasn't really a big deal. It was much bigger annoyance in the aroma for me. Do a little bit of rinsing. <clears throat> All right, and then our last beer of the evening is Great Divide's 21st anniversary. This was also sent to us by the brewery, I believe. Yes, yes. Thank you, Great Divide. So, six point two percent knocked by volume. That's all I got. Do you have, do we have any information from them about this beer? I don't think I got any uh, sheets with it. All right, so it's soured with lactobacillus and Brett, aged for nine months in wine barrels. But I don't have anything else about the beer. Alright, I'm going to do a little back and forth blend here just so we don't fight with bottle stratification again. Alright. Color is a roughly straw color. A little bit bit light straw on the SRM. We're looking at probably around 4 or 5. It smells like feet. Or stinky cheese. Oh, it sure does. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's a stanky aroma, that's for sure. Trying to evolve the aroma a little bit. Nope. It's stinky. <laughs> and not even stinky like Oops. in a good Limburger type way. But, you know, an American sour. Exactly. The other beer had a, had a goofy aroma. did taste it a lot better. So I just want to see if it opens up anything I'm not going to dwell on. Yeah, kind of sulfury. Almost a disappointment coming after the Nola. It, it's because yeah, it's, it feels like it's a lightweight, yeah, sour beer compared to the Nola. The Nola was funk fest. This one has this more creamy mouthfeel, honey like. It's a much more tempered mm-hmm. sour, right? I mean, they this one was just all right, whacked out. Go for it, like I said, sour patch kids. I mean. If you had a lemon after this, it would taste sweet. <laughs> we're tasting an American sour ale. Mm-hmm. We're getting very little sour notes there, but they're there. This could be a flight issue more than anything else. It could be, yeah. I'm getting an interesting fruitiness coming off of this because I'm not noticing the mm-hmm. apparent sourness. And the fruitiness is kind of... What is it? It's... Um, a little bit of plantain. It's something else. I'm having a hard time really. Um, oh, the dragon fruit. Dragon fruit that we had. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking of. Dragon fruit. Greg bought some dragon fruit earlier in the year, and it was this very fleshy. Uh, inside it had these really soft seeds, and seeds mm-hmm. gave this really interesting texture. 
sees that there really doesn't play a role with how that compares with this. But yeah, the um, the dragon fruit flush is kind of what I'm tasting here. Yeah, I wish you'd get dragon fruit around here. Uh, there's this uh, market down near my parents where you can get some more exotic stuff like the durian I got at one point mm-hmm. and the dragon fruit. And I really love the dragon fruit. I think it's great. It's sort of like uh, if you could p- apply more apply more flavor to lychee, a little bit less, a little bit more of a sort of watermelonish texture, and you have these little those yeah, little seeds yeah. in there that are uh, not hard at all. Yeah, yeah, I think watermelon's a good base for the texture description, mm-hmm. but it, the flavor is... Yeah, I think what you described is pretty good. Kind of this lychee sweetness to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, go, I can go with that. Are you tasting that in here? A little. Yeah, when you said it, it 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 came to mind. Um, as I you know, get, got a sip of water, letting it um, letting it percolate in my mouth a little bit, so I need to pick up the sour notes that they're out talking about. But again, it's really hard to compare it as a sour. Well, that's it. It's tasting almost not sour. Yeah, to me, because of the flight order. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we have is we have an American Sour and American Wild. And so they are different beers. This is a a sour beer, but it's not crazy out there, you know, wild mm-hmm. fermentation beer. So you're getting a different uh, different beer altogether, even though they sound similar. Right. The, I'm trying to get in the flavors a little bit more. It has this very smooth kind of velvety mouthfeel to me. I think it's really well done. It, it's just it is. It, the the only disadvantage is the flight. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, we, I think we are missing, we're underappreciating any mm-hmm. apparent sourness in the beer because it doesn't taste sour after the last one. I am enjoying the flavors I'm getting. I'm trying to look for the barrel, and maybe I'm getting a little bit like a Syrah type flavor, just a little bit of grapiness coming off of it, but really not that much. I'm not picking up much in the way of, of, of Brett or Lacto like off notes. Um, like I'm not getting a farm note. I'm not really getting uh, a yogurty note. It still smells awful, though. It does smell terrible. <laughs> it smells awful. But it tastes very nice. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, you know, if we want to give a benchmark, like a, a style, like since we're not noticing the sour, I'm not sure where I would put it. It tastes closer to the triple than any other beers we've had. It's real low in alcohol. I mean, well, it's not real low. It's six percent, but yeah. it doesn't taste triple It doesn't really taste. I'm just saying what what it tastes closer to of the beers that we've had. The the comparison I'm, I'm thinking of is that there's sort there's a kind of sweetness and a kind of uh, um, it doesn't have any readiness that it doesn't that have any with. esteriness that's familiar to a no, Belgian beer no I'm just trying to I'm just trying to describe a benchmark to someone right and it doesn't have this esteriness that's familiar to a Belgian beer I don't know what I don't know what I would like if I was drinking this blind I don't know what I would call this hmm Hmm. All right, so I think it's time to do some rankings here. I might call it a a, a wheat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be with experimental hops. Yeah, it gives it a dragon fruit flavor or something like that. <clears throat> so hard to say. This is going to be a hard one to rank because flight issues and um, yeah, other yeah. issues. Hmm. Oh, you have that other issue, the durian yeah. issue. <laughs> durian <laughs> So he's, I'm going to rank the Grunion a lot higher than Greg did. You certainly are. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, I got my rankings. I'm going to put the Great Divide 21st anniversary at the bottom of the list in fifth place. Uh, probably, I would love to taste it. Well, I'm going to cap it, and maybe we'll taste it again next mm. week on a fresh palate. 
just to see what we were missing after having the Nola Funk um, lower line. Uh, it just smelled awful. I got to give it some, you know, points that points off there because I mean, it's I can't think of a beer that I've had that hasn't been skunked. This smelled worse. But we've already said that it didn't doesn't matter in the flavor. So it matters in the overall impression a bit. I for for things that are done with with lacto and and um, I mean this one was that... spectacularly awful in the aroma. All right. I mean for me it was like downright offensive. Wow. In the aroma, it's hardcore. I, I can't think. You know, it, it's one of the worst smelling beers I've had. Um, tasted a lot better than the aroma, so I'm not pooping all over it just because it smelled bad. I think there was a flight issue that helped us not appreciate the tart. You know, any kind of sourness in there had that neat dragon fruit flavor. I like trying to explore it, but I think the slight flight caused it to suffer. In fourth place. I'm going to do the Summit, the um, Make It So. I enjoyed this beer. I just, and I enjoyed the bergamot and the Earl Grey flavors. I found myself wanting more ESB in there. Mm -hmm. I wanted the malt not to get lost in the tea edition. And um, so it was a good beer, but that's personally where I'm going to have to put it because of that. In next place, in third place... This is where it gets a little bit tougher. Because I like the, oh, the next three beers a lot. I'm going to put the the Nola, the lower line Funk, in third place. I like this beer a lot. It was significantly sour. Had um, a lot of neat, tangy, tart flavors. I, but the reason it's in third place... Sessionable, too. Yeah, and sessionable too. I think the reason I think just putting it in third place is more of a testament to the other two than a knock against the Nola. I'm gonna put the uh, champion in second place. The uh, what is it? How do you say that again? The the Gedora. Gedora is that a B? Is an O? I know it's weird because it looks like a B. Gedora. Okay, Gedora. It's probably different word for Sybaris or it looks like there's some or no it's three headed dragon not a dog um yeah this was a really really interesting triple uh some things were were different than traditional triples but then other things were very familiar and like I said it was very aggressive in certain directions but it didn't step that line which made it too sweet it was sweet but not too sweet it was minerally but not too minerally it mentally slash dry is not you know but not too much it was boozy but not too boozy and it kind of just danced around right in a sweet zone for me and i really enjoyed that and then the grunion i'll put in top place i was stunned that a beer calling itself a pale ale had that much hops in it and that juicy orange juice just really worked for me i didn't notice the durian part that greg didn't like until he mentioned it, I could get little notes that are adjacent to durian in it, but it wasn't that big onion custard thing mm-hmm. that durian can be. Um, it was just really good. No, it didn't taste like a yeah. fresh durian. It was just yeah. it was those aspects of right. durian that I disliked. So, but the top three beers are all really good beers, in my opinion. Number five, the Ballast Point. I mean, look, any beer that I pour out. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't pour it into Dump Bucket. I gave it to Jeff, but it was essentially a Jerry poured out. That's going to be in last place. Right. Uh, and, you know, nothing against Ballast Point. It's just I, I tasted that, and it was just it's it's like if you ever if you ever have I've had the, I have this now with tequila. When I was re- really young and you know in my uh, early twenties, I got super super drunk off tequila, and now when I taste tequila, I get kind of okay. I have that sort of, I have a similar, not the same, but I have a similar sort of reaction with durian. When I taste it, I get, mm, no, I can't, I can't deal with it. So when I got that, mm-hmm. it was hard to put it out of my mind. Um, as I said before, if I was drinking that in a bar, I don't think I would have paid much attention to it, but I'm trying to analyze it. Right. And I couldn't get away from it. Sure. 
So balance points number five. Number four, the summit. Just like Jeff, I really want to taste that ESB. I want that ESB, and the the tea is just getting in the way. Uh, and so, hey, Summit, bring out the ESB version of this. I bet mean, it's going to be awesome. Bye. Greg's having some uh, oh, coffee. Uh, there's been there's been a lot of um, carbonation in these, so <laughs> it's uh, Greg is degassing. Yes. Number three, uh, I'm going to put the Great Divide. I think it's a really nice beer there. And I just think that this is strange because I feel like we've lost... Is the air conditioning Air conditioning just turned off, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, this, this the room went dead. just stopped. All right. Okay, back to the ranking. Uh, Great Divide. I thought it was a really nice beer. I just felt like the flight influenced how we tasted it. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I'm going to cap it, say it yeah. and I want to drink it again maybe next week in the pre-show and just yeah. see what it's like. Number two, I'm going to put the NOLA. That was pretty awesome. Loved it. Uh, I love that I'm going to be able to drink more of it in the post-show and then drive home and not have a problem because it's only 4%. That's nice, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the champion. I thought that was a great triple. I really... Really liked what it, what it was giving me. It was it was kind of like yeah. When I want to triple, that's what. Remember when we had it was, it was the last show or the show before when it was the um, Imperial Stout, and I was like yeah, that's what I want out of Imperial right, Stout. Right. This is what I want to have a triple. It's giving me exactly what I want. I, I I agree. That was a very good triple, and for people that might not. Be inclined to triples? I would suggest, you know, this is like a rare beer that's not even on the website. I would say check this one out yeah. because it might be your gateway into triples. Thank you everyone for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website, craftbeerradio.com, for more information. If you want to hit us up, the best way to do that is on the Twitters. You can hit me up at, at Jeff Bearer. At CBR Greg. And we have a shared account at Craft Beer Radio. We uh, don't pay attention to Google Plus. Is Google Plus still a thing? I think they may have done something to it, so it's not. I don't know. I don't know. And then Facebook is that still a thing? Actually, that's a huge thing, but we're just too old to appreciate Facebook, apparently, or too young. I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, you make everything groovy. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>